If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. The talent for so many players today, the talent in the spotlight, it's taking them to heights that their character's not strong enough to support. I'm one of those set goals achievements. I talked about faith, passion, obviously the drive with the guys that I've been around and the guys that surround me every single day. If I want to be one of the best, I've got to play with and against the best. Okay, so that which gets praised gets repeated. You're listening to The Hardwood Hustle, brought to you by PGC Basketball. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to The Hardwood Hustle. I'm your host, Adam Bradley, alongside TJ Rosine, broadcasting here in Atlanta, Georgia. Got a special NBA shoot-around episode for you. But before we do, let's catch up with some of our friends. Hey, changing the game via analytics. So much to learn from analytics. If you're not into analytics, you're missing out on helping your team. And I know all of you want to help your team. Make sure it's getting measured. Check out our friends over at Shot Tracker. Also, for a limited time, TeamSnap.com forward slash PGC. TeamSnap.com slash forward forward slash PGC will take you four free months. It's a four-month promo with TeamSnap. So if your kids play on a team, if you're a high school coach, if you're running a team, if you want to help your team be more organized, I experienced this for the first time this year with my kids. TeamSnap is amazing for communication. Uh, And you'll hear more in our halftime here, but go check it out for a four-month free trial. I won't find a better deal anywhere else. TeamSnap.com forward slash PGC. I always get those slashes mixed up, TJ. I do, too. I do, too. (laughs) The jar in that, you know, the HTTPS. What's the difference between that and WWE? W. And do you even need to type that uh, in you don't, anymore? You don't need to. Yeah. According to, to my web guy, he yeah. says, leave it off. It's right. just ugly. It makes it messy and yeah. confusing. Hey, teamstat.com forward slash PGC. <laughs> All right. Today's NBA shoot around. The first quarter, we're going to be talking about the tribute videos, specifically putting under the spotlight Dwayne Wade and Dirk Nowitzki. We'll then jump into Magic Johnson and the Lakers. Have some interesting thoughts there. After the halftime break, let's talk a little bit about the playoffs and some of the, the top storylines. And then also, we spent some time recently in Minnesota and They came out with some really cool and unique uniforms, but maybe not everyone's a fan of the new style of NBA uniforms that are coming out on occasion. We'll certainly talk about that. But let's start with the the recent retirement and official retirements because of the fact that they did not make the playoffs of Dirk Nowitzki and, and Dwayne Wade. We've talked about this on the past episode, TJ. This tribute videos and the the rollout parading of a retired player and Dwayne Wade's was just as big as Kobe's was. I mean, this was a spectacle city by city. And I almost feel like the cities felt pressure, right, when Dwayne Wade came into their arena that they had to outperform another city. And I've seen different commentary on it that everyone loves Dwayne Wade, so there's not much negative on it. But it does ask this question, is it too much? I mean, I understand we need to celebrate players that have that have really enriched the game, but I mean, this really felt over the top. Possibly, I can only imagine what his teammates feel. I know they love Dwayne Wade, but I mean, they had to sit through eighty-two tribute videos potentially, mm-hmm. or right? at least forty-one on the road there, right? Like it's like, all right, I get it, I get it. You know, like is this over yet? What's your general thoughts? And then, especially when you compare it to something as quiet as. Dirk and Whiskey. Now, granted, he didn't know he was going to be retiring until just late. Yeah. But it's still, you get the impression that it probably wouldn't have been. And maybe he kind of knew. He just didn't want to bring all the light there. What do you 
What's your general thoughts on this? Yeah, well, we just experienced his goodbye in Minnesota. We did. We were just there last week, and um, and they did. I, I thought Minnesota did a great job of keeping it classy, but without overdoing it. They just had a wrapped box. I don't know even what was in the box, you know, but they played the video. It wasn't too long, mm-hmm. and they gave him a gift. And, you know, I thought it was appropriate for honoring him um, for what he did. And, uh, you know, I feel a different way about all of these. I mean, I think it's really cool that teams do that, but also there is that pressure to do that all of the time. And if you don't, you'll get destroyed. Yeah. Like, just realize that also, the consequence for not doing it. it. Yeah. And if it gets out on social, oh, Spurs organization didn't celebrate Dwayne Wade. Oh. The interesting thing is, what is the cutoff? Like, who all is getting celebrated, you know? And, and, I mean, what if Dirk had announced it? earlier this year would they have done that you know and i don't recall everybody doing that for a guy like mono ginobili you know i don't think they did that um did you know but his even his send-off at san antonio was really cool this year when they came back and mm-hmm. hung his jersey um did they do a goodbye for tim duncan on all of these or did he not know that he was leaving um because i i mean the ones i remember are Dwayne wade uh, Kobe, Kobe Bryant, you know, like, and, I, and maybe it's just becoming a newer trend. But what's the cutoff for saying goodbye to these players? And, and that's my concern, right? Like, are we going to have to go through this? Uh, obviously, what happened with Dwayne Wade is not a bad thing. I don't want anyone to think like our conversations, even anything that I say, that it's like that I'm hating on Dwayne Wade. But it does ask the question, like, where is that line? You know, are we going to do this for fringe players? Are we going to do this for players that had? decent careers you know just because it's just ballooned into a media thing where we now hype certain things and people say no it's only going to be for the superstars well think about where we've come to when players come back to their previous teams and the celebrations and tribute videos that take place there before they even retire before they even retire i mean dc we had a tribute video just recently for Otto porter yeah not trying to hate on Otto Porter, but like, does he does like? Okay, what happened? Right, he played four or five years. <laughs> like, we won a playoff series. I'd love to hear the why behind those. Is it because I think it's social pressure? Yeah, I think might, it's yeah. it's to try to do well by societies, or, or is it to create the the ideal that this is a good franchise to play for? Like, I think, we love you. I think that gone. plays like, into the pressure. Yeah, like like. Because the reputation of the organization is that we love our players, we support our players. So now they're feeling this pressure, TJ, yeah. to honor their past players, to, to give good reputation and good PR around it. So all of a sudden, I think, what, every time I go, like, are we going to celebrate? And we did a, a tribute video for Kelly Oubre. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Which I didn't even know played for the Wizards. But right? I mean, yeah. Well, you got to pay attention yeah. on these things, TJ. But no. Some things yeah. aren't worth paying attention to. <laughs> Well, not according to the tribute rules. Okay. Absolutely, yeah. But but it just asked the question, and and I don't know. I I think, you know, sometimes just getting back to just playing ball, right, and and just just getting back to lacing it up and going out there and playing. And and, I hear that on one. And and allowing the stars to be treated maybe a little differently. But, yes, the gray area of where does that line get I know we're not having an NBA college debate right now. I, I get that. But, like, it really ironic, I think, coming from you or Tyler, let's just get back to playing ball because at some point you got to admit. I, mean, I sent y'all a text the other day, and I was like, is, is LeBron travel? And I was like, is the NBA closer to the WWE or to actually the game of basketball? There is. When you talk about the NBA and you talk about these tributes, like I think it's true to who they are. They're an entertainment product. 
And it's another thing to entertain. It's another thing to uh, make it amazing that you came to the game. You were there for this tribute. You were there. Like, I think it's. I, I think mean, Minnesota had a great crowd on that Friday yeah, night with Dwayne Wade. I, I think it's. I honestly think it's. It's. Uh, um, it's very true to who they are as a product, so like just creating stories, creating themes, celebrating players. You know, I, I, you know, no one's getting a goodbye. You know, in, in college basketball in your senior year, year. You know, I mean, just out there playing. So then you could just ask the question: Does what do we need to do to protect the product? Then, okay. So if that is the case, if it is more of just a product from an entertainment standpoint, well, it quickly loses entertainment value when it's done every day, all day for almost every player. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so far the cutoffs are not bad. I mean, I think the cutoffs not bad in retirement ones. Like tribute videos to Otto Porter, that's a little <laughs> bit much to me. But as far as retired players, I haven't seen somebody retire. And you know, I always pick on Josh Smith not getting videos everywhere. You know, how about Vince Carter? Should he, should he should he get a nationwide rollout parade? You know, if, if for the NBA, yeah. Yeah, he should because everyone's gonna at this game's gonna enjoy watching the dunks. Everybody's gonna you know enjoy watching. Oh man, well, I got to see Vince at the end of his career. He's been on. I, I think a lot of people and he might even. I mean, the crowd there at a lot of those games might even remember Vince a lot more than they remember a lot of these guys because he's been around so long. But yeah, I'd say I would say yeah, why not if it's gonna be the now the length of them. I like the one we saw in Minnesota. I thought it was a cool, like it wasn't an eight minute video. Yeah, you, you actually could have missed it. Yeah, it was a quick video, quick present, whatever. And I thought ah, that was appropriate. Now let's get playing ball. Yeah, we gave know? a little yeah. recognition from the Kyle Korver. Um, One of the greatest three point so, shooters so in the here, history of the NBA. Let me, here's where I would draw it I would have a goodbye for any team you ever played for. At that arena? At that arena. Mm. That's where I draw it for him. Okay. But when he comes to D.C., never played in D.C. And, and I know we're not talking about this, but I might do it in every arena for the legendary letter he just wrote. Well, that's fair. That's crazy. I mean, that's that was so good. Yeah, and actually, so wanted, I would like to talk about that on another episode. Right? Hey, maybe that elevated him to nationwide <laughs> rollout tour. It's just going to be interesting to watch. You know, I'm a, I'm a believer in slippery slopes. I think slopes are slippery, right? And I think we're just going to keep pushing the envelope and all of a sudden I think five years from now we're going to be looking at some very good NBA players with good careers not star worthy but being paraded around the country in a spectacle of retirement instead of just saying hey I did my job you know appreciate it and and kind of going out into the sunset all right let's jump into the second thing the Magic Johnson announcement recently. First of all, were you shocked by that, his announcement to step away? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I definitely was um, shocked because it seemed like he was all in on building, you know, the Lakers. I agree. And and I actually thought his ego, and I'm not saying this in a negative way, but, he, you know, he's got a healthy ego. He's very proud of what he's accomplished and what he can accomplish. I, I think from an ego perspective, I'm surprised that he did it. Yeah. Right? I mean, he... He obviously isn't leaving the Lakers in good in a good situation, and I think most individuals, when they start something, they at least want to walk away at a at a healthy level, right? Not when it's in shambles, not when it's in chaos, not when it's in dysfunction. So I think from that aspect, it kind of is like, wow, you're going to step away at this point, yeah, you know, and and it, it was a little disheartening because I felt like he was walking away for extremely selfish reasons. Mm-hmm. He wanted to get back to just being him, having freedom to kind of connect as he wishes. He, yeah. And and he said it outright. I, I want to have more fun, you know, 
And it was just really like just kind of his own personal reasons. And, and obviously it's his personal decision. So his, the, the reasons are going to be personal. I get it. But well, I, I would like to see him own up a little bit more and fight for it a little bit yeah. harder. I got a lot of feelings and a lot of questions about this. So when I first heard it, that just a myriad of things. I mean, it didn't take over my day or anything, but I just thought a couple of <laughs> things. One, I thought was um, it's interesting that Magic's stepping away from this because he's if, it, if it's winning and losing, he lost right here. And the competitive nature of who he is surprised me. That was number one. Um, number two, I thought about the the wake that LeBron's going to leave in his career of coaches and GMs and people. You know what I mean? Like, it, what is the reason? Is it because he's such an alpha male? Is it because he's just like, I mean, there's a LeBron or Magic? LeBron. LeBron. I mean, there's been a just a. I mean, there's just a a large turnover in everything that he's ever done. Players, coaches, GMs, whatever. I mean, he just he kind of leaves a wake as he comes and goes, right? So that was an interesting one to me. The third one that was really interesting to me was that maybe slightly the way you feel, but also the opposite is like, wow, he's kind of just walking away this because dude just does not want to deal with this mess anymore. And so I'm wondering, like, how much of a mess is this? Because he's just willing to walk away. And the other one is part of it that just made complete sense to me. It's like, why doesn't Magic just be Magic? Why at this point in his life does he even want that mess? You know, why can't he just go enjoy and do what he wants to do? Now, I may should have thought about that before he got into this that's, mess. That's where my mind you know? goes, right? But at the same time, you know, have you ever got into something and been, you know, like, hey, this wasn't what I was thinking, you know? And I and I might not be able to give it the time and energy that I want to be able to give it and, and, and still do all the things I want but to love so that there's somebody better for but it. But do you owe it to see it out? Or do you owe it to walk away and let it thrive somewhere else? Both can be admirable. Both can be admirable. I mean, I think there's a time to walk away from things and say, you know what? Someone's better suited for this than I am. Someone's going to be able to give this more than I can. And there's also the other side of that is like when you just walk away from something that you started is like, did you give any foresight to this? Did you think about this ahead of time? And sometimes you can't. Sometimes you don't know what you're into until you're into it. And so I think both can be the right decision. So there were a couple other things that caught my attention. At first, I was pretty shocked when I heard he hadn't even told Jeannie Buss about the news when he was doing the press conference. I retracted on my thought there a little bit after I heard that the reason he did it is because when he told Rachel Nichols, had I told Jeannie Buss first, I wouldn't be having this conversation because she would have talked me out of it. Okay, And it would have been really emotional and I wouldn't have been able to do it. In that regard, then you're like, okay, I kind of understand. I still think it's really interesting that you wouldn't go to your your friend, your you know, comrade that you, you I, I, respect yeah, so much. I have a different take on that. I, I, well, I don't know all the timeline, but I'd like to know how long after the fact he told her that, you know, like I'm leaving, I'm done. And because I feel like a piece of that is even if it was just minutes after saving a little bit of face, you know, as to why he's leaving, like these things don't play out pretty with the Lakers. It's never like so-and-so has decided to step away. Magic announces it on TV when nobody else knows. That's weird. But if you go all over all the time that they've done the last 10 years of, you know, what bus is going to take over. This bus is undercover. That bus <laughs> Cup, you know, doing yeah. this. Kurt Rambis is back in doing this. Like, it just seems like drama <laughs> all of the time. And usually where there's drama like that, like people are willing to make these instant decisions. Like, 
it's there's a lot going on because it, when things are much more stable, it seems like the exits are more stable, hmm. and when things are unstable, it seems more volatile. And it seems everything that happens in LA the last five ten years has been really volatile. Yeah, maybe it's on par for the course, yeah. right? Quite possibly, and you know, I just I'm, I'm intrigued by that, you know, and I'm also I I intrigued on what happens next for the Lakers. Yeah. Right. What what happens next? And that's probably another episode because there's a lot of things and ways that could go. But it's been a really interesting season for the Lakers. Yeah. So listen, let's take a quick break. All right. Let's take a halftime break with our friends over at Team Snap. We'll jump into the second half of today's NBA shoot around. Thanks to our friends over at Team Snap for today's halftime communication tip. This week, coaches, I'd like to challenge and encourage you to find moments to turn your communication off. Let me explain what I mean by that. I think as coaches, we sometimes get into the the grind and the hustle of coach mode. It's always coaching. We're always looking for ways to improve, always looking for conversations where we can address things or moments where we can have discussions about the upcoming opponent. And that's all good and, and fine and obviously appropriate. But I think there's times where we need to turn our coaching communication off. We just got to commit to today. I'm going to do nothing but just simply get to know my players. Or today, I'm going to do nothing but simply ask my players how they're doing or what's new or what challenges are going on in their life. A commit at moments to say, you know what, there's going to be nothing basketball, nothing sport related being brought up today. I'm going to commit to just simply getting to know my players and, and I'm going to restrict and filter my own thought process that even if I get tempted to want to bring up basketball today or bring up sport, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to turn that communication off. I'm going to commit today or in this moment to doing nothing but getting to know my players better, asking them questions, and growing that relationship. This could be one of the most important practices you do as a coach. I'd like to encourage you to incorporate that sometime over the next couple weeks. Let us know how it went. You can always tweet us at hardwood underscore hustle. Did it have an impact on your program and on your relationships? I'm sure it will. Listen, we appreciate our friends over at Team Snap. Today's halftime talk. TeamSnap.com backslash hustle. Big, big supporters of the Hardwood Hustle. And we're so appreciative over them. Make sure you check out their app, TeamSnap, for the communication tool being used by over 15 million people across the globe. That's TeamSnap.com backslash hustle. TJ, playoff time around the corner. What's your number one storyline that's in your mind or what's intriguing you the most? Well, I think it's hard to walk away from can Golden State do it again? And I think it's a little bit more interesting um, this go-round, really simply because if they don't, what does that mean for KD? And if they do, what does that mean for KD? Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably the biggest um, storyline because I think it has the the most likelihood of shifting the power of the NBA. Yeah, I mean, I'm almost sold on KD not being around at Golden State next year, so I kind of think that's a foregone conclusion regardless of what happens. Uh, it's just my personal opinion. I, th- I think my, my big storyline is the fact that I think we now have a battle in the East worth watching. That, that, that's what gets me most excited about this. In fact, I actually think the West playoffs are kind of boring. I mean, not boring. I mean, I'm really interested, but like comparably speaking, I, I think – I think Golden State's just going to run with it. I don't know who I have a lot of confidence in in a seven-game series to to take down Golden State. Like last year, I was certainly intrigued with Houston. 
Um, were, not, were you intrigued with Houston before the playoffs started or when that series got going? I was intrigued with them kind of all throughout the year. Because so I, why wouldn't you be this year? Like, are they not? I mean, I think Golden State's a little bit more talented. Um, I, I think I, I, I think Golden State's also showing a few more chinks in the armor. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I just feel like Houston. I feel like Houston was stronger last year. Right, maybe my love for Trevor Ariza, right, and his ability to shut down on defense, uh, not having him there. Yeah, you know, here's here's the thing. Like, I, I agree and disagree. Like, I, I get it. Like, the NBA is a lot of a matchup league, but also basketball at any level oftentimes comes down to styles, and I do think that Rockets style gave them trouble mm-hmm. last year in a seven-game series. So even if the parts were a little bit better for the Warriors and a little bit less for the Rockets, I still think that style of play, you know, factors in. And I'm certainly not not interested in it. I just think from a storyline perspective, this top four in the East has me really interested. Yeah. The the Milwaukee, Toronto, Philadelphia, and Boston, how that's going to shake out. And I I think those teams can compete. I'm not as confident in in Boston with Golden State, but I I certainly – I'm intrigued with the Philadelphia, Toronto, Milwaukee versus Golden State Finals. Let me, let me. So you've got, um, and you've got teams that will get to somewhere that. One last thing. Let's say Boston's on the outskirts, but it's the Milwaukee, Toronto, and uh, Philadelphia. I'm excited because you're going to see a new franchise at the top. Yeah. Right. I'm excited to see the fan bases and the momentum in the city of each of those cities get going and maybe make it to the finals for the first time in. Decade let, me, let me read off these odds, and you've got $1,000 to spend. You've sure. got to put it on one team. So Golden State is minus 200 to win. Okay, so essentially what is that? You bet $1,000, you're going to win half your money back. So you're wagering 1000 to win 500 right? Then you've got the Bucks at plus 450. This jumps up really quick. Mm-hmm. Big jump. So plus 450, if you have 1000 bucks, you're winning um, – $4,500. Is that right? You would know better than I would. Yeah, I think that's right. Forty. I think that's right. $4,500. Yeah, a dollar. So the Rockets plus 500 Raptors plus 1000 Nuggets plus 1400 Celtics plus 1800 76ers plus 2000 Those are huge numbers to odds to win the playoffs. Knowing those odds right there, who are you going with? Who, who are you? you it's a free $1,000. you got to lay it on somebody. Who are you laying it on? Obviously, taking into consideration the return that I could get on my investment, I'm going with the Philadelphia 76ers. Really? Yep. So explain why. I think last year's playoff testing helped them significantly. I think with a healthy Joel Embiid in the playoffs is a big, big game changer, and he's healthy right now. I think they've got they've got the versatility on the – you know, to be able to, to shoot the three with JJ, to be tough with with Jimmy Butler, to have a facilitator like Ben Simmons. I, I think I just think they and they've got a little moxie, the Sixers do. And I, I could see them buckling down and, and making a run. Obviously getting Tobias Harris. I mean they've got the horses. They've got the horses. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also intrigued with Milwaukee'd be my second. Are you? I mean, you're a little. Are you not a little surprised at how Philadelphia has showed up um, with all of that talent? That they are, they are where they are. Yeah, I mean, I am, but it's a different game in the playoffs. It's, yeah. it's different. Everything gets amplified. Everything gets ramped up, and I just think, I think 
if Philadelphia is on full blast, focus, locked in, executing, I'm 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 very excited to see what happens with them. So if you bet a hundred, okay, yeah, did you just do the math. Yeah, I just pulled it up. So if you bet a hundred on a plus fifteen hundred. I bet a hundred on plus fifteen hundred. You would win fifteen hundred dollars. That's a great bet. So, so let's let's just take um, the let's just take uh, that plus two thousand and make sure we're we're we're, we're doing. So that'd this be right. one hundred to two thousand. Yeah. Dollars. So if you bet a thousand, so for every hundred you would be getting two thousand. So on the two thousand, then I'd make twenty thousand. Yes. Yeah. Keep in mind, I'm not saying Philadelphia has a better shot than Golden than Golden State, or but yeah. when I'm looking at the odds and like what I could get on my return, so yeah, but so even I'm, that, I'm most I mean, intrigued with that it. number. You still got to win it. So. I'm still most intrigued with that number. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, I think I'm. I think I would have. There's two that would probably intrigue me more: the Raptors at plus one thousand, mm. and then the other one would be the Celtics at plus eighteen hundred. Celtics? I mean. I think that I, I think that uh, I mean essentially you're saying you you have more confidence in the Celtics than the Sixers. Well, this yeah, the Celtics have the. I guess they both have the pieces. Yeah, they both have the pieces. <laughs> they both right? have the pieces. To be honest with you, they and, just lack the consistency and showing up every day. And that's where I'm like, okay, they're going to show up every day in the playoffs. Yeah. Now, you know, can well, they turn it on? You know, at the level they need to, despite the year. I don't know, but and that's going to be to to me. It seems like the question is, can they turn it on? And to the other ones, can they keep it up? Like the question for the for the Bucks and the Raptors are: Are they that good? The question for the Celtics and the 76ers is: Can they turn it on because mm-hmm. they have the pieces? Yeah. But by all accounts, I think the Celtics and Sixers are more talented than the Bucks and um, and uh, the Raptors, in my opinion. See this? You're feeding into my storyline. I just said the East. Yeah. This battle in the yeah. East is so intriguing, and I would actually go even higher with the Bucks. If Meritage, Paul Gasol, and Malcolm Brogdon weren't injured right now, yeah, that's a game changer. Yeah. Okay, and I think you, if they had a little bit more time with those three, obviously Brogdon's been there, but with the pieces and bringing it all together, and everybody was healthy right now, and with the Greek freak, I mean, that's the storyline. I'm excited because I think so, I think the East is going to win a championship this year post LeBron. And let I me, think it's very possible. Let, let me. The other interesting thing, the other is, is somebody like the Greek freak was able to do it. Like we've seen over time, the reason I I tend towards like the Celtics a little bit more is they're a little more playoff tested. Like Kyrie's been down that road, all those guys. And what history has told us is that you usually don't go in there, no matter how good you were in the regular season. If you don't have playoff experience, you usually don't make that run. Right. And that's why the Rockets is really intriguing to me. I mean, I think that's why everybody's discounting the Nuggets. They've been really dang good this year, but they don't have that playoff experience. Yeah. And they also haven't showed up well against Golden State, which kind of hurts people's confidence. On It's going to be interesting, but I think it goes to the storyline that I was suggesting, as I mentioned. I'm intrigued with the East. I'm excited to watch what happens there. Uh, and I firmly believe I think whoever wins the East has a shot at the Warriors. I really do. And I th- actually think whoever wins the East has the best shot, greater than anyone in the West, to take down Golden State. And I'm happy that it's going to be someone not named LeBron. Yeah, man. Right? That, that well, I mean, what's that, the first time eight, nine years that it's going to be a LeBron-less finals? He hasn't been there. So I'm excited for that. All right, let's, final uh, quarter here as we wrap up. We had a chance to spend some time in Minnesota. Uh, this past weekend for the Final Four. And throughout the weekend, we 
had an opportunity to go to the game on Friday night. We also had an opportunity to go to the game on Sunday. And special shout-out to the Timberwolves organization and uh, Ethan Casson, who is just – they are doing really, really neat and special things over there in Minnesota. Would you agree, TJ? Yeah, that was a blast. It, it's very, very impressive, very first class. And I enjoyed the time there. But it was interesting. Friday night was fun, right? They had uh, Prince's family, uh, the legendary singer, um, rest in peace. He grew up in the Minneapolis area, so he's a legend in that community and in that, that city. And they had his family there, and they had a whole theme throughout the night of purple rain. They had the purple lighting, and they played Prince music all throughout. And they even had their tribute jerseys, which every team in the league has a tribute jersey, an alternate jersey that they've created. And it was purple, right? It's that mm-hmm. new purple look. And I just want to ask you, whether it's that or whether it's the bay that you see in Golden State, um, D.C. has the district. That's our kind of alternate. Uh, Toronto has We the North. It's the gold and the black. All these teams around the league are you know, having their tribute. Obviously, the, the powder blues out in Sacramento. Do you like... The tribute video or uh, jerseys, these alternate jerseys, or are you an old school purist who's like, no, they, let's stick to the originals. Like, let's not get too crazy. Let's stick uh, to the classics. And I like the nostalgia of the the Lakers and the Celtics, and we don't need to get all fancy with it. Where, yeah. do, you, where do you stand on it? Yeah. So, I mean, for me. You know I'm not the biggest NBA fan. I, I like I it. Actually, I had no idea. I've never heard that. I've only heard it 88 times yeah, the, this um, weekend. And I shouldn't say I'm not the biggest NBA fan. I'm just – I I'm more so just enjoy the college product, right? But I, I, don't, I also enjoy the NBA playoffs as they get down here in the series, get good, um, because they're all playing hard. I think it's hard for me. Um, just probably the way that I was raised, like you just everything that you got. And I, on the flip side of that, understand 82 games is a lot for NBA players, but it just waters it down, makes it less interesting. I'm to noticing me. something very unique. You've got an incredible skill to take any subject so, on the NBA and turn well, it into a, a subtle jab. jab at the NBA. Yeah, but look, I do. <laughs> we have, are talking. I, I am, about, I am, we are talking about authentic. But I am headed somewhere. Okay, I am, headed I'm somewhere. headed somewhere. Here's where I'm headed with it. <laughs> I like all these crazy jerseys in the NBA because I do think to some degree it embraces who they are or entertainment. And so I really like authenticity. What I don't like is when when they're the NBA, it's like, oh, we create the greatest team game on earth and we do this and we play, we're pure. We're like, I don't like one message and not another message. Like to me, like the NBA is entertainment. It is really entertainment until it gets to the playoff. Then it's like winning time. But I really feel like it's entertaining. And so when they have all these different jerseys and they highlight different things, and we talked about it earlier, and they have tributes to people going, they do it. If they're entertainment, like like the WWE, they just own that we're entertainment, right? And people still watch and they still love it and they still do all that kind of stuff. Um, I appreciate that. And so I think this is authentic to who the NBA is. Mm-hmm. They're entertainment. And to me, these jerseys are entertaining. Fair. I, I love the alternate jerseys. I think they've got the perfect um, amount of rotation in the, the season where they bring them out. I think if it started getting too crazy, if they had maybe multiple alternate jerseys or if they were doing this half the games where you know it was just constant, then I'd say, okay, it's no longer special. It doesn't feel special. But when they bring it out on occasion, like I was up in Brooklyn earlier this year and I happened to be there on their, their biggie night where they're really tributing – you know, notorious B.I.G. and everything was 
every song was played and they had the special um, Brooklyn uniforms. That was fun. Like that was a lot, a lot of fun. But if they were doing it all the time, I'd say, all right, let's scale back a little bit. So right now I think it's eight games a year that they wear this special alternate jersey. That's a perfect number. Yeah. Right? It's about 10% of the season, and it just adds a fun wrinkle. And I think it's just what connects to the younger audience. And I actually think other leagues need to pay attention to it. I think a league like MLB, which is the opposite, which is all about tradition and nostalgia, and they don't want to do things like well, this. I, I do really like the Major League Baseball throwbacks. Throwbacks are fun, but they're, they're not doing things as, as cutting edge. As cutting edge, yeah. Right? Like as pushing the envelope to try to connect with that younger generation. And I think some of these are hipper, cooler. Yeah. They've got little, like the district in D.C. That's a cool uniform. you know. It's, and then that's what they call it, the district. Yeah. Um, so I, I like it. Shout out to the NBA. And it's really hard to knock the NBA for anything, right? Because they're just growing. And for the first time ever, actually the average NBA uh, franchise value has raised to $1.7 billion which now tops for the first time ever the $1.5 billion with that average MLB team's franchise is worth. Yeah. So for the first time ever. NBA, well, do you know what the average of an NFL team is? Uh, I think it's closer to like two plus. Yeah. Right? So they're not quite there yet, but they, they over, overtook the value of MLB franchises for the first time ever. That's impressive. Right? So you can't, it's hard to knock someone who's winning so well. Anyways, hey, we appreciate you tuning in. Fun NBA shoot-around episode tackling four different topics. Listen, I am Adam. He is TJ. Together we are the Hardwood Hustle. Until next time, we're out.